teaching song. But uh, let me tell you what happened. I was listening to this preacher, and he was talking to this person who was uh, who was kind of beat up by the devil and going through some trials in their lives. And the preacher said to read Psalm chapter 31. Well, I didn't read chapter, Psalm chapter 31 that moment. But a couple of days later, I was going through my trial. And I said, you know what? Let me look at Psalms 31. If it helped that person, it might help me. I don't, I don't remember reading Psalms 31. So uh, let's start our heads and we'll get started tonight. I want to always start off with a prayer. Lord, we come to you tonight in Jesus' name. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy. And we thank you for being with us tonight. And we ask that you'll please give us a blessing out of your word. And we ask that you'll spend some time with us and us with you. We just need to pray. Amen. So, Psalm chapter 31, and I want to jump right into it. it just, I don't even want to teach out of it. I just want to read it for you. That's kind of long, so just, just hang with me for a second. Oh, Lord, I have come to you for protection. Don't let me be disgraced. Save me, for you do what is right. Turn your ear to listen to me and rescue me quickly. Yes. Anybody relate to this? Anybody need? I needed this. I needed this this week. He said, turn your ear to me. Rescue me quickly. Be my rock of protection, a fortress where I will be safe. You are my rock and my fortress. For the honor of your name, lead me out of this danger. Pull me from the trap my enemies set for me, for I find protection in you alone. I entrust my spirit into your hand and rescue me. Lord, for you are a faithful God. Amen. I hate those who worship worthless idols, and I trust in the Lord. I will be glad and rejoice in your unfailing love, for you have seen my troubles, and you care about the anguish of my soul. You have not handed me over to my enemies, thank you, Lord, but you have set me in a safe place. Thank you, Lord. Let me read that one again. You have not handed me over to my enemies, but have set me in a safe place. Thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you. Has the Lord done number eight for anybody in the room? <coughs> thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for number eight. One more time. You have not handed me over to my enemies, but have set me in a safe place. That's a good one. It's hard to get past number eight. Have mercy on me, Lord, for I am in distress. Tears blur my eyes, and my body and soul are withering away. Has anybody ever been in verse 9? Anybody ever lived that before? I am dying from grief. My years are shortened by sadness. Sin has drained my strength. Anybody know what he's talking about? Anybody? Can anybody relate to him? He says, I am dying of grief. My years are shortened by sadness. Sin has drained my strength. I am wasting away from within. I am scorned by all my enemies and despised by my neighbors. Even my friends are afraid to come near me. When they see me on the street, they run the other way. I am ignored as if I were dead, as if I were a broken pot. He don't give up on those broken pots, by the way. Thank you, Lord, for that. He don't give up on that. I have heard the many rumors about me, and I am surrounded by terror. My enemies conspire against me, plotting to take my life. But I am trusting you, O Lord, saying you are my God. Now, hang on a second. Number 14, his mind is made up. He's saying, 
I will trust in you, O Lord, saying, You are my God. My future is in your hands. Rescue me from those who hunt me down relentlessly. Let your favor shine on your servant and your unfailing love rescue me. Don't let me be disgraced, O Lord, for I call out to you for help. Let the wicked be disgraced and let, the lie, let them lie silent in the grave. Silence their lying lips, those proud and arrogant lips that accuse the godly. How great is the goodness you have stored up for those who fear you. You lavish it on those who come to you for protection, blessing them before the watching world. You abide them, you, you hide them in the shelter of your presence. I have been there, guys. I have, I have been right there for a week now, it feels like. You hide them in the shelter of your presence. Thank you, Lord, for that. Safe from those who conspire against them. You shelter them in your presence. Far from accusing tongues. Thank you, Lord. I know what it's like to take up shelter right there, guys. I know what that's like. Praise the Lord, for He has shown me the wonders of His unfailing love. He kept me safe when my city was under attack. My, in panic, I cried out, I am cut off from the Lord. But you heard my cry for mercy and answered my call for help. Love the Lord, all you godly ones, for the Lord protects those who are loyal to Him, but He harshly punishes the arrogant. So be strong and courageous, all you who put your hope in the Lord. I want to read number 22 one more time. In panic, has anybody ever gotten scared and said, I am cut off from the Lord? But what did the Lord do? But you heard my cry for mercy Thank you, Lord, and answer my call for help. If you are here tonight, guys, and you are going through a hard time, I, it ain't just you. It ain't just you. Everybody goes through it. I ask you tonight to use Psalms 31 as a good old language spot. That's a wonderful chapter right there. It don't even need to be explained. You can just get out of it whatever you need. Now, that's, that's just a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful chapter to go to. So let's let's go into John chapter 13, please, Teresa. I don't mean not to stay in Psalms 31. I don't mean to do it no justice, but Psalms 31 can pretty much teach itself. And, and I just I just want you to know that when you're going through times of trials and tribulations. Get into your Bibles. You see what I'm saying? That's where the Lord will meet you at. And I'm going to tell you, there is some really, really, really good stuff in there. And this week, when I got done reading that, when I started verse 1, I was burdened down with trials and tribulations and just hardships on every side it felt like. When I got to that last verse, I think it was number 31 or 32, I had a completely different outlook on my problem and how I was going to look at that problem from then on. So just, if you're carrying around that burden tonight of just fear, you know, of just things not going right, just dive into Psalm chapter 31. So anyway, so that was Psalm chapter 31. We're going to jump into John chapter 13. We're going to be looking at this kind of quick. 
This is Jesus, and Jesus is about to be crucified. Let's read into it. Now, there, now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he was come from God and went to God, he riseth, so Jesus riseth from supper, and laid aside his garments, and took a towel and girded himself, and after that he poured water into a basin, and began to wash the disciples' feet, and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Let's start with that for a second. I got to thinking to myself, I said, Lord, why did you wash these disciples' feet? What was the point of it? What were you trying to explain? I'll tell you what I feel like the Lord made me put on my heart. Jesus was giving them an example to go by. Just like Steve talked about at the very beginning of this tonight, of our lesson tonight. The Lord is exactly opposite of everything it feels like we do on this planet. I could not imagine Donald Trump or Joe Biden washing feet. I could not imagine that happening. That's not even something you would even put in the same sentence. But yet our God, our King, our Savior, our Messiah got up from the table girded himself with a towel and a wash pot and started washing sinful men's feet. My mind cannot comprehend that. I can't grasp that. I've never met anybody on this planet that had as much power as Jesus but also had the amount of humility that he had. It's unbelievable. I, I just, I'm trying to grasp my mind around it. And what I feel like the Lord was doing there was giving us an example as to what to live by. He's showing us, be humble, guys. When somebody talks rude to you, you ain't got to fight back. You see what I'm saying? You don't have to be the first in line to go get dinner tonight. You see what I'm saying? You don't have to be. You don't have to be. Be humble. I, I, you can, I, and it's just the craziest thing to me but the Lord gives us these examples to live by. Let's break them down for a second. Let's go back up to verse 1 real quick. So not only did he give us the example of being humble, but this is full of examples he's given us to live by. Now before the peace of the Passover, Passover, Jesus was the Passover. So Jesus in just a few days is going to be mutilated, beaten to a pulp and he's going to be crucified in just a few days from now. In just a few days. What would be going through your mind knowing that death was around the corner? What would be going through your mind? Any, anybody want to take a swing at it? Well, Travis, it, it, was, <laughs> it was not just death. The thing that Jesus was seen and knowing mm -hmm. was the brutality yeah. of the of the, the 
the killing thought. The hatred of them. Yeah. Well, you want to see humility. Humility was when the one who hung the moon and placed the stars and named them stood at a whipping post and allowed them to cut the flesh off his back. And all he had to do was look at them. And they would have fell dead in the If you want to talk humility, go to the whipping post. That's it's it's undescribable what was what was going through Jesus' mind right here. Knowing that the cross was just a few days away. But he says, now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew, he knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world. He's talking about he knew that he was about to about to be killed and killed a horrible death of this world unto the Father. The Bible says, what was he doing? He was loving his own which were in the world, and he loved them until the end. So he wasn't sitting there, just sitting there contemplating death and what all it was going to bring and all this kind of stuff. He was busy loving his fellow brother, and that's the example he gives us right here. Let's keep going. And, that, and, and again, going back to the front of the service, how does God think? Exactly God opposite of us. No, exactly. When he should, you and I, if someone told us, if I looked and said, Benji, in two days, uh, they're going to beat you, they're going to crucify you, and you're going to die. There is no way in the human form that we can focus on the needs of anybody else. Exactly, Steve, exactly. Our, our, our mentality, our mind goes, how can I get out of this? How am I going to make it through this? How am I? That is our mindset. But we see God's mindset is that he preferred others above himself all the time. Let's go, let's go to number two. I want to show you this next part, too. Number two, and this goes to show you exactly another thing about it. And supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. So Judas was about to go and take the 30 pieces of silver, and he was going to betray Jesus with a kiss. Let me tell you what I got to think about Steve with this. Even though Judas done this, had Judas had stayed just a few more minutes and then left, Jesus would have washed his feet too. That doesn't make sense. Judas is his friend and he's about to betray him, but yet Jesus just sat down and ate a meal with him. He was washing Peter's and he knows that Peter was going to deny him. When he needed a friend the most. So, so the mentality of Jesus here is, is, once again, is exactly opposite of what we got. But Jesus is giving us an example of how to treat people. Jesus knowing, so this is another example right here. Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hand and that he was come from God and he was going to God. And this is another thing, see. If you're about to die, you're probably freaking out. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm about to die. What's going to happen to my house? What's going to happen to my kids? Jesus was, he did not forget that all things are in God's hands. I have come from God and I'm going to God. And that shows us his mind. It shows us his mentality here. He was not in a thousand different scrambles. He was calm, cool, and collected right here. Which Apostle Paul teaches me and you 
to set our affections on things above. And that's what Jesus, that's the Thank only you, way God. Jesus yeah. could come to that. Exactly. And, this, and that's exactly what he was doing here. He was not getting his mind mixed up in everything that was going around here. He was on his mind was, my father has given me all things into my hands. And that I have come from him and I'm going to him. And the simplicity of that, but also the deepness of that. Number four. What is the fourth thing we learn here? What's the fourth example he gives us? He rises from supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel, girded himself, and after that he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. And then cometh he to Simon Peter and said, Peter, saith unto him, Lord, Dost thou wash my feet? Then in the NLT it says, and when Jesus came to Peter, Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? No doubt Peter was shocked by this. And Jesus replied, You don't understand now what I'm doing, but someday you will. He said, No, Peter protested, you will never wash my feet. Jesus replied, Unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Simon Peter exclaimed, Then wash my hands and my head as well, Lord, not just my feet. And Jesus replied, A person who has bathed all over does not need to wash except for the feet to be entirely clean. You disciples are clean, but not all of you. For Jesus knew who would betray him. That is what he meant when he said, Not all of you are clean. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, Do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, you are right, because that's what I am. And since I am, and since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. Amen. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. Right there. Let's start with number 15. <laughs> I have given you an example. And if you look through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus' life was an example that we are to follow. Just like Steve was talking about tonight, instead of cursing your enemies, the Bible tells us to feed them, bless them, love them. Instead of us being angry and, and mean when somebody's mean to you, the Bible talks about how it's easy to love those who love you back. It's hard to love those that are mean and hateful towards you. What an example we have to follow, guys. And Jesus' example is in here. We just got to look for it. Who in your life is an example to you? Who in other people's lives are you an example? Yes, sir, please. You know, when I, when I read this, I think about when we do the foot washing, I think about do we love another brother enough to wash his feet? Are we willing to say, hey, I love you enough to wash your feet? Even though I might not know you. If you found a stranger passed out on your, on your doorstep, nowhere to go, diarrhea all over them, would you bring them in and clean them up? I mean, you have to ask for stuff like that. Do I love, would I love someone enough to do that for them? You know, that's 
the example that Jesus showed us. And that's the example that I want to show you guys tonight. How are you treating your fellow Christians? How are you treating the world? You see what I'm saying? Are you treating them with love and humbleness? Or if they fight at you, do you fight right back? I'm guilty of that. But you disagree. The fact is, Jesus is teaching us what to do to other people. That's what he's telling us to do. Not all the people that we're really close to. Anybody that you see, anybody that you witness to, that will let you witness to them. That's what he meant for us to do. Another thing is that Jesus was not washing the feet of kings and princes. He was washing the feet of fishermen. If I could only guess what a fisherman's feet might smell like. Oh, man. You know, this was an example. This is an example of us, guys, of our unrighteousness as our filthy rags. Jesus washed Peter's feet. Let me tell you something that's worse than Peter's feet is my heart. My heart had this scum. It looked like the bottom of a boat that's been in the ocean. That's what my heart looked like. And God cleaned it. And we as Christians, how dare we look down our nose at another person? You see what I'm saying? So, I just wanted to get to you tonight. That was a little lesson. I hope you got something out of it, but just be an example as a Christian. Live your life as an example in Jesus' name.